Yahoo listener, you found it. The geekiest show on the internet. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. In this episode, we've got some fun audio to share with you at the top of the show. Then we got some crazy geek news to discuss, covering everything from Justice League to Avengers Infinity War and our review of the second half season seven premiere of The Walking Dead, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Saturday, February 18th. Let's get it going. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jockin', be nerdin'. Be funny, disturbing. Jockin', be nerdin'. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah, what's up, listener? Hello, friend. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Ebron. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, rugs? Good earth to you. What's up, dudes? How's it going? It's going very well. We are uh, recording on an unseasonably warm day here in the Midwest in Chicago. Uh, global warming is a thing, people. Don't let anybody tell you that Chinese made it up. Oh, shit. <laughs> they definitely made it up. It should not be 60 degrees plus in February. I'm sorry. In the Midwest. It shouldn't. That's never happened before. Well, maybe it's happened before, but it's, it's not normal. It's not normal. So, look, we're going to uh, kind of fly through some stuff, give you guys a show, and try to enjoy this unseasonably weird warm weather before the world just kind of you know melts or explodes. Either way, uh, if you are a first-time listener, here's what you're going to get. This is our weekly show where we get together and geek out about superheroes and comic book-related stuff uh, in the movies, on TV, in pop culture. And that's what we got this time. We got a little bit of news, and then we're going to review uh, the first episode of the second half of Season 7 of The Walking Dead. Uh, it's a big return to the back half, 7B. Ugh, I hate all these uh, breakdowns of seasons, and it gets confusing. Like, it's just the same season. Yeah. Wow, you have to make a big deal out of it. Uh, great episode, though. But before we get there, I want you, if you're a new listener, check out our last show. We had a great conversation, a great interview with cartoonist Greg Shegel, who's got a new book coming out from Image Comics, uh, a book that he had self-published, and they picked up. It's very exciting. It's called Picks, One Weirdest Weekend. And Greg's got a podcast. He's really awesome. I had a great time geeking out about the, the making of the comics. Ruggs was on us with that one. Ruggs, uh, what'd you think of the Shegel? He was fun, right? He's a good guy. He's a nice dude. If you are a creator, you definitely want to check that out. Now, if you want to interact with the show, we always shout out our contact page, jockandnerd.com slash contact, where there's our Twitter, our Twitter handle, our Facebook page, our Facebook group, a speak pipe. And we have this thing, this old school thing called a voicemail line. Oh, shit. Millennials, I don't know if you know what that is. That thing that you uh, swipe right on, the little black mirror. You can also make phone calls. Did you know that? Anthony, did you know that? Make phone calls? Yeah. You ever make phone calls what? on that little uh, black square thing you have in your pocket? No. No, I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> so the voicemail line, it's 312-248-HERO. 312-248-4376. Nobody ever uses it. Except this morning, I get an email. Hey, you got a message in your voicemail. Whoa. Uh, yeah, right? So uh, I'm going to share it. Hey, let's check it out. This is Jimmy Jones, and y'all just called. And when I came over here and answered the phone, then there's nothing there. 
Now, you know, y'all may have fun doing that, but now it, it irritates and makes a lot of problems in people trying to answer telephones when you call somebody and then you never talk to them. So I don't care what kind of business or whatever you're in, you need to shape it up. Talking nerd! Hey, I'll take it. I don't care if it was the wrong number. Jimmy, Jimmy Jones, thanks for listening and call again. It's a real. When they call the voicemail, do they get a message of any kind? Yes, it says you've called the job. I I checked because then I called the number. I was like, I don't even know what the message says. It says, "Thanks for calling the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Please leave your name and message." Uh, so this reminded me of another classic piece of internet Wait, audio. Was that, was that yeah. real? Were that we was real. There? No, I don't know. I don't know. The guy called. This came into the voicemail line three one two two four eight hero. So he may have just like. But wouldn't you hit like redial like uh, if somebody called you? Like how would maybe you? Maybe somebody got that and they called us with that. Like maybe somebody <laughs> got that on their voicemail and then they called us with that and put it on our voicemail. Uh, okay, I don't. Oh, that's possible. That's really yeah. funny. So Jimmy James, uh, I'm going to share another piece of audio. Classic internet audio. Rugs, have you ever heard the Jimmy Dean sausage complaint call? I might have. All right, here we go. I'm playing the whole thing. This is hilarious. Randy Taylor, I don't know where you people come from. I don't know if you test your products, your quantity of your product. Your products are very delicious. Love your sausage for 30-something years, but I can't take and feed a family of five on a little 12-ounce roll of sausage. I don't mind paying you more money for your 16-ounce roll of sausage, but you don't have it anymore. You've got a 12-ounce roll, and you've got three men that weigh over 200 pounds apiece a woman that's a little plump Scotch girl and a daughter who's 13, and you're going to try to take a 12-ounce roll of sausage and a couple of dozen eggs and feed that, it ain't going to work. And I'm not going to purchase your product anymore or ever again. And as far as your 16-ounce and maple and sage, I don't eat that. I'm not from the north. I'm a Texas man. Jimmy Dean sausage is for southern people to eat with the breakfast with the fried eggs and the T-bone steaks. And I can't see going to a little 12-ounce package to feed four, five, six people. And I'm not going to buy two of those 12-ounce packages just because you want to downsize and charge the same goddamn price. I'd sure like a reply, and I'd sure like you to go back to your 16-ounce package on your regular sausage because I'm not going to buy it otherwise ever again. I'll just have my own damn sausage made like I used to 30-something years ago. It's not tasty as yours is. But it'll work. Goodbye. Little old twelve ounce goddamn roll of sausage is supposed to feed your brother and me and you six hundred pounds of men at least. You get my point? And the two girls and they put it in that fucking pussy roll of sausage. Son of a bitch. Somebody needs their ass kicked. Some little consumer geekeroid fuck this shit up. Save money, yes, yeah, save money, save money. So fuck I'm gonna eat, goddamn it. Nerd. <laughs> I love how he says sausage. Jim and Dean, sausage. I love your sausage. It's a good product. Southern people, when Southern people get mad, it's, <laughs> you don't mess with the Jimmy Dean sausage. That's what we learned. All right, let's get to the news, everybody. That's what this is all about, listener. Jesus Wasting Christ. time with funny Southern. I like audio. it that Anthony's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I would sit through that again. I know. I'd play that. That's why I knew it was going to piss Anthony off. I played it on purpose. Uh, look, I mentioned Stupid. our contact page. There's also a link to our group, Facebook group, or you could go there directly. Just visit jockadir.com slash community. I just want to shout out to John Bellotti. If you join right now, you can see photos from uh, the toy fair in New York city. He posted a bunch of really cool photos of uh, this uh, this year's Toy Fair. Uh, did you guys see that at all? Anthony, did you see that? Yeah. Yet? Yeah, I did. It looks good. Very exciting. Tons of geek boner. Geek boner. Everywhere you the go. toy hunters out there. Remember I, that guy? Yeah. That was a great show. There's a, there's a good- I met that guy. Yeah. yeah? A, you met him? Really? At a convention, yeah. Oh, he. we saw him when we went to C2E2. Remember a couple years ago? We did. Uh, he had a booth. He was filming He was filming part <laughs> oh, of the show, yeah. remember? Uh, he wasn't there though we just saw his booth he wasn't there but it, yeah but then and it was in the show so toy fair looks like tons of fun i'm gonna have to check it out one of these days there all right let's start with uh some news about the dceu our favorite messed up shared universe uh i'm gonna start with this rumor that arnold schwarzenegger may possibly have a role in wonder woman oh shit whoa you heard that right uh now this is coming what from What kind of site is this though? This is coming from nme.com. Let's what see. Is that? I don't know what the source is. Reports are suggesting that Arnold Schwarzenegger may be set to return to the DC Comics movie universe by playing a role in the forthcoming Wonder Woman film. Uh, of course, the 38th governor of California last contributed to a DC film when he played supervillain Mr. Freeze. Lame. Uh, we know how well that went. So the rumor is that Schwarzenegger may be lined up for a small role in Wonder Woman, which will be released in June. While filming finished last month, reports suggest that Schwarzenegger may contribute a voice role, possibly for a CGI version of the villain Ares. Geek boner. Okay, so maybe he will just be the voice of Ares. Batman News observed that Schwarzenegger was followed on Twitter recently by Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. So whenever they follow people on Twitter, shit happens. But what do you think about Freeze or Schwarzenegger Arnold as the voice of Ares? If he's just the voice, it could work. Possibly. What do you guys think? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> would it, yeah. would it take you out of the unless, movie? Unless he like completely change. like Vin Diesel does Groot, but he only has to say I'm Groot. And he doesn't, I mean, it's not, he ch- kind of changes his voice a little bit yeah. for it. Yeah. And sort of same thing with Bradley Cooper doing Rocket. Yeah. Schwarzenegger doing, like, that's going to take me totally out of it. He has to like change his voice. Well, he doesn't really do voices though. And does he doesn't he? do voices. Yeah. Everybody yeah. does his voice. Everybody right. does his voice. Speaking, Speaking of his voice, yes. I was just playing uh, Titanfall Two. Oh, he does the. He's in and that. There's a bad guy. Yeah. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's his voice. Is it him though? No, it's got to be like a guy doing him, but like it's it's like right on point. And he's doing those video, those that video game commercial. Have you seen that? Yeah. That's weird. So speaking of his voice and his lines, David Malofsky posted this great image to the Facebook group of Arnold next to a picture of Arnold as Dark Side. Oh shit! And it actually it looks pretty good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, he can play that role. So then I was like, okay. No. Arnold lines as dark side. Go. What do you got? You guys have anything? What would he say? As dark side? Yeah. David Malofsky suggested what Steppenwolf give the people the air. That's <laughs> pretty good. But uh, Scott James Meridue nailed it with the first comment. His is uh, get to apocalypse, which I thought that's <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I don't know if you could do better than that. <laughs> I'm thinking of something with like Alpha and Omega because he's got the Omega beams. 
I am the alpha, but I will show you my omega beam. <laughs> I also had, here comes the boom tube. I, oh, that's I good. I got, yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing. That's not, I mean, like, no, no way. Look, Arnold may be part of the DCEU in Wonder Woman, though. That could be pretty crazy. Yeah. If he, if he yeah. changes his voice. I mean, I don't, I, it's cool if he's in it. He doesn't do Because I think Stallone, isn't Stallone in, Mar, in Marvel? He is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. As, yeah, uh, I mean, he's going to, yeah. So and that that's a rec- very recognizable face, but I don't know, we'll see. So if he's doing his fucking voice, though, it's it's going to be kind of cheesy. I think it's funny. It's like DC looking at they're going, hey, they got Stallone. Uh, we should get Arnold to balance it out. It's like a mirror copy of that. There's some other weird shit that you're going to get to. Yes. Okay. So moving on, Anthony, uh, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks that if uh, regarding Batfleck, you know, he stepped down from directing. He kind of stepped away from writing. His script got rewritten. It may be rewritten. He's just kind of producing. And you were like, if Wonder Woman and Justice League fail, he's done. He's out. And you know what? Uh, I think you were right. Oh, shit. Uh, because we have a report from Screen Rant. It was actually from Collider originally. Ah, from Collider. From On the latest episode of Collider Movie Talk, host John Campia stated, he has heard from three separate sources involved with Warner Brothers over the last four days that Affleck is looking to leave the role of Batman. Oh, shit. Along with the warning me, to take what he's heard with a grain of salt. Can't be yeah, that doesn't, yeah, that's that's where I was going to jump in is he says take it with a grain of take salt. Take it with a grain of salt. But if you've got three independent sources yeah. confirming this, why would you take it as a grain of salt? Right. There's one. Okay, fine. Two, maybe coincidence. Now, three different people are saying that. Does, that, that, that it seems like he's using grain of salt. It sounds like there's a salt shaker involved. (laughs) What about a grain of pepper? Campia said, Ben Affleck, make no mistake, he wants out. He doesn't want to be Batman anymore. He went on to say his sources tell him Affleck is in discussions with Warner Brothers to get out of his deal to continue playing the character, which includes the Batman. But if a deal cannot be made in time, the solo film will be the last appearance he makes as the character. So, wow, what a mess. Like, this thing just continues to crumble. Ah. who do you think could replace him? Wait, before we get into yes. this, if if this is true, because yes. it's a rumor, yes. what does that say about what Justice League is going to be like? Holy crap, yes. I think that the WB is just a fucked up place. <laughs> like, I have less hopes for Wonder Woman now and Justice League. So Snyder also like tweeted out this photo of him at the editing bay recently, and like there's an image of Batman fighting parademons. It's kind of like blurry. It's not very sharp. Uh, it was kind of a cool shot, but the action's never been the problem in these movies. Uh, the actions always look great, as we saw in that visual effects reel. That was really cool, uh, except it was unnecessary to make Superman's cape entirely CGI in every shot. I didn't. I didn't yeah. Think that was, that's, even in the close-ups, where he's just chest up, like, make him wear a cape. Why does that have to be CGI? What are you doing? It's just stupid. Anyways, uh, so that movie, there's a lot of pressure now. It must be... This almost be a mess. Like, why else? Is this? And I'll tell you, it continues to crumble. Once we talk about who maybe could take over the Batman, uh, we'll break some more news. But uh, Screen Rant had a bunch of uh, good names here. I'm just going to shout them out. You guys tell me what you think. How's that go? Okay. Carl Urban, Judge Dredd himself. He's tall. He's getting old, though. He's tall. But that's he, okay. But, I but mean, they want an old they're Batman. They're playing the older. Yeah. yeah, they're playing the older Batman. Uh, yeah. Wes Bentley. The kid from American Beauty who was actually Chris Nolan's first choice as Batman for BVS because he was as producer. He wanted Wes Bentley. Uh, that's not a bad pick. The guy's a really, really? good actor. He's like yeah. a small dude. He is a small dude. Uh, then we got Jason Clark. 
Terminator. And uh, where else is he from? Uh, plant of the the second That's Planet right. of the Apes movie. He's, yeah, and he's worked with Matt Reeves. No, I don't see him. He's yet. not. He's not good looking enough. He's got the good cowl face. Like if you put the cowl on him, like it, it would look cool. But he's not like desirable. He's not that desirable. As Bruce Wayne. This next pick is is desirable for the ladies, being Colin Farrell. Uh, but he, I don't. He could be okay, I guess. He could be all right. I don't know. Eric Bana. What about Eric Bana? What about? I didn't uh, even know Eric Bana was still around. Oh, he's still a thing. He died a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bana's a good size. He's uh, he's he can get jacked. He's not a bad actor. Keanu. No. They threw out Keanu. That's not a good one. No. 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 Right. No. Uh, no Keanu. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Uh, maybe. He'd be a good Bruce Wayne. He's but. a good age. He'd. Uh, he'd. He's a, an incredible actor. Ah, uh, this one, John Hamm, who looks. I see John Hamm. Looks very much like a Bruce Wayne. He could probably pull it off, but you know, can he do the Batman stuff? Can he do the Batman stuff? I think he would have to like really underplay and pull it back in his performance to like be taken seriously. Batman. How about uh, old Luke Evans? Who uh, is in the Beauty and the Beast, and it was in that uh, vampire Dracula movie. Unknown kind of guy, he could be a no, good he's break. Known. break. He's, he was in the Fast and Furious. Oh, he was in the Fast and Furious. I'm sure he could. He'd be okay. He's like a. He, that's a dark horse. And then their number one pick on this article was Jake Gyllenhaal. Yay no or nay? Jake is the guy that almost got Spider Man. He's been. I think he's been uh, dying uh, maybe to get into a superhero maybe. role. Maybe I could see Jake. Prince of Persia. He was Prince of Persia. They well, look, that's if I made a good video game movie. So uh, I don't know. I didn't see the movie. Uh, so look, if if he if he does leave, I think there's a number of people who would be who die who would kill to do this. Obviously, it's a great role. You know what? You know what makes me take this rumor seriously yeah. is it's coming from Collider. If it was coming from some other shit, yeah, I'd be like, eh. And like you said, you know, the three sources, I, he's, three yeah, sources, three independent sources. That's a lot. It's more than a coincidence. I feel, yeah, and I mean, these movies have been pretty shitty. Yeah, they have yet to have a hit, and the Batman also continues to just have problems. The search is still continuing for a director, believe it or not. Oh, Here's the, the trail of articles. First, there was an article from Screen Rant saying uh, they're looking at Matt Reeves, the guy who did the uh, Dawn, uh, Dawn of Planet of the Apes and War for Planet of the Apes. They were looking at him to do a multi-picture deal, uh, even kind of uh, saying that he could be the guy that would take over the creative helm and the and direct future products and the look of the DCEU. And then literally the next day, it might have even been the same day, superhero hype, Batman negotiations with director Matt Reeves reportedly break down. Lame. I'm telling you something with that, that DC. Is that did not last up. long. Yeah. Hollywood reporter says uh, negotiations are done. Reeves has exited the talk. Uh, though the studio is intent on making the movie no matter what. Now, that uh, also concerns me because that means they're just going to throw together a shitty fucking movie. What do you think is going on there at WB? They're like, listen, you can direct this movie, but once a week we have to fuck you up the ass. <laughs> yes. Like, what's what are a- they doing? Like, what are they doing that that what is in the nego- negotiations that's making these guys go? No, I don't want to do well, that. Like, if you direct here, this is what happens. Every weekend we come in and we just shift all your storyboards around and then you have to shoot that now. That's just how it's got to work. Like, what is the thing that's making people go, no, I don't want to direct this movie and get paid millions of dollars. I don't know. I mean, to walk away from, for both these people, for all these people to walk away from a Batman movie, this is pretty big. Like, what is going on? I don't know, Ruggs. It's crazy. It's got to be, like, I remember when I saw that movie about that Superman movie, 
Yes, the death of Superman it, lives. Yes, how, uh, Peter. What's his name? The guy who the, the guy uh, John the Peters. Hair, yeah, the hairstylist. The hairstylist that was in charge of that, in charge of that movie. Yes. <laughs> the fucking hairstylist in charge of a movie. All right, that's the first problem. He went from hairstylist to the I'm stars like, to running a whole movie studio. He drove everybody nuts, and yeah. he chose Nicolas Cage in a fucking wig. <laughs> It must have been so high on coke concepting that movie. I don't know oh what. what? So, I mean, you can only imagine this, the fuckery that's going on right now. So pro- It says prior to Reeves receiving the offer, Ridley Scott and Fetty Alvarez were among the names on the shortlist. This oh movie's not, it's, it's hmm. not, it's not getting made. It's yeah. Not, I want to hold your breath. I'd, I'd, pay, I'd put some money on that this movie not getting made. Look, it's not just us who think the DCEU is a mess. It's actual respectable people. It's actually everybody. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> including people who have been in the movie. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is not going to be in Justice League. And this article says that even he knows Marvel is kicking DC's ass. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, shit. Yes. Lawrence Fishburne got a phone call to come out to make an appearance in Justice League as Daily Planet editor Perry White. But he was too busy washing his hair. Uh, so this article said he said it was a scheduling issue. But while chatting with the L.A. Times... He's confirmed that he won't be in Justice League, and he's expressed his frustration at how DC has been handling its cinematic universe. He says, we've been waiting 35 years for these characters to show up on the screen. What were they doing over there? Marvel has been kicking their ass. This is the comic book geek in me who has a collection of comic books. I've been waiting to see these people on screen forever. Uh, And then it says, of course, Fishburne immediately followed it up by praising Justice League director Zack Snyder, who we worked with on Man of Steel and BBS. But... Uh, he also goes, the whole thing with Martha Kent and Martha Wayne, I don't know, man. I must be sentimental, but that's some heartwarming stuff to me. So he likes the Martha thing, but uh, he also praised Jesse Eisenberg. But at the same time, he's like, no, Marvel's kicking your ass. So you won't Jeez. see Perry White. They, they haven't really used Fishburne. No, they, they hire barely, this guy, yeah. and he's like barely in any right. of the movies. Big name, great actor, and you're, he's in there for like a couple of minutes. So And to shove him in Justice League where... You're going to have all this shit going on. I mean, I, 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 I don't blame him for not. I'd be like, you know what? I don't need this two minutes of fucking screen time because they're not using it. Yeah, they ain't doing shit, man. They're, they're, there's a lot of issues. I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll defend them in saying that Marvel's had their share of people that have worked with them and, and bashed them too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you go back to your Ed Norton's. Ed Norton, you, you got. Uh, but you it's, it's. You don't hear about the, the embattled. Uh, process like you right do it. yeah right whip whip whoever played whiplash in iron man 2 hated on marvel after oh uh what's his name uh rourke mickey rourke mickey rourke he did, shit yeah. on him huh mickey rourke uh what's his name red skull shit on him too oh after. that guy mr anderson from uh yeah i forget all these fucking guys names well edgar wright also walked because he's like uh you guys clearly aren't making the same movie i was making so i'm out yeah, I mean, they, they've that had, was but, the only one I could think of. They've had their issues, but they've kind of streamlined all. And of that movie ended better. up being good. Yeah, yeah, ended up being good. They saved that movie because you know cooler heads prevailed, but they were smart creatively. Like it wasn't like one side just completely rubbing the other side the wrong well, way. It was also Edgar Wright came up with that concept for that movie in like 2006. Yeah, he had been working on it for time, years. The time that movie was gonna was being made, it was six years later, and Marvel was in a totally different direction. It was pre MCU, uh, you know. So he was just gonna make a crazy movie about a, an ant who turns into a man, or a man turns into an ant, or some fucking weird. That, that was the room. I don't believe that. That I <laughs> I still want to see that version. Uh, look. The decisions at DCEU continue to be just 
confusing, perplexing, strange like this next piece of news. Warner Brothers has approached Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad sequel. Oh, shit. What the fuck? How dare you do this to us? What is going on? your hand off my penis. What is going on over there? What is Why this? is this a bad thing? I mean, it's bad for Mel Gibson. <laughs> it's not bad for fucking Warner Brothers to even have Mel Gibson near their movie. I would say what you want about him being anti-Semitic or an asshole or whatever, a woman beater. Uh, he can fucking direct movies. I, he knows how to do that. Every movie that he's made has been good. The Passion of the Squad. The Passion yeah. of the Squad. Apocalypto is kind of so, like a superhero crazy movie. Yeah, he's got... Dude, this guy's got tremendous balls. He, he'll he do shit that no other director will do, and he'll make it really fucking dramatic and shit. So, I mean, he could pull it off. No problem. I have absolute uh, faith in Mel Gibson to direct a movie. Now, do I like Mel Gibson? <laughs> not really. Not anymore because he's a dick, and I, I was kind of shocked at all the crazy shit that he said. But, I mean... We have a president that's way worse than Mel Gibson. That's a good point. Because so my thing was like, uh, you're right, Rugs. Like he's uh, he is a great qualified director. He he kind of fits this edgy Suicide Squad feel, but like uh, it's so risky. Do you you have to take on the heat of all the shit that he comes with? All his bad. I think it's just more out of left field. You never would have thought Mel Gibson would be even interested in a superhero film. That also, I mean, here's a guy who made. You know, Passion of the Christ was good, but it's like a it's like a torture movie, really. If you think about it. Yeah, but who would make that movie? Holy shit, no one, nobody. No the else. balls you have to make that movie, parts of that movie are hard to watch. They're so fucking I can graphic. never watch it a second time. No, dude, that is a straight up torture I never, movie. I never watched it because uh, I heard how awful it was in terms of gold, It was it was torturous. Yes. And but now I've never actually seen Apocalypto. That's great. Yeah, the visuals look great. So I, you know, and he's he's a good director, and he's fucking Riggs, you know. <laughs> he's Riggs. He's Riggs. Wow. So okay, I mean, it's kind of like a good move, bad move, I guess. There at this look, point, I recognize the guy's talent. He's look, talent. Des- as desperate they must be, just fucking yeah, get to get just fucking throw it out to anybody. I will. I'll just say that we all thought David Ayer was talented, and then they they put him on Suicide Squad. And either his talent was neutered or he wasn't that talented. Yeah, but you One got, of the two. I think it I was think neutered. Mel Gibson will fucking take a chainsaw to these guys. I don't. That's a, See, that's a good point. I didn't think about it. Mel Gibson would not put up with their shit. No. Who knows? He is not going to fucking uh, put up with any of this meddling around. and Otherwise, he'll just walk and then it'll just start you over. Gotta, you got to play some of that audio of him on the phone. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. That like, is the best audio. I should have had that queued up. Yeah. Instead, we had Jim and Dean's Hostages. Oh, yeah. great product. So here's what's still coming out by DC in 2018. Here's the final count. Like, the, so much now is resting on this Wonder Woman Justice League this year. Uh, the Flash originally planned, uh, announced all the way back in October 2014, first anticipated to be released in 2018 March. It's not coming out in 2018. Uh, we've talked about they've gone through three directors. They're looking at a page one rewrite. Uh, it's crazy. Bat- the Batman, now obviously delayed. They wanted to make this movie in 2018. It may not even come out in 2019. Uh, the way this shit is progressing. You're looking at, again, another director, possibly another lead, uh, another whole script rewrite. Aquaman, it says here, is on track. And ironically enough, this movie had one of the rockier starts. I guess Warner Brothers initially commissioned two different writers to write two different scripts with a better one having been chosen to proceed with. And so that is the only thing right now that's 
uh, confirmed coming out for DC next year, 2018, is Aquaman. Oh, huh. that's all we got. So it's going to slow down uh, unless they can fucking figure some shit out. Well, this all depends on how Wonder Woman performs because that's going to. Injustice really, League, yeah. yeah. yeah I would much true. rather see these movies come out in a delay and yes. be good than just throw movies out because you need three movies in 2018. DCEU does not need to put. Three, they don't even need to put two movies out a year. Give me one good movie a year. I'll just put out a, a good movie. Put out, let's, just let's give us it. one hit. Let's start there. You will slowly earn all of our trust back uh, if you take your time. Okay, let's move you know, And looking yeah. back, let, yeah. just real, real quick, looking back, Man of Steel is like their best movie. Yeah. And that movie wasn't great. Wow. Like that, that, like I, give me Man of Steel level at, at this point. At least try to go back to that because they've just been sliding the other way. When you look back Ugh. at Man of Steel as their best movie. That's, that's a really bad. Yeah, you're like, comparison these last you know two. what? Uh, the emo Superman is not so bad in this Man of Steel. At least he has lines. He talks <laughs> a little bit. Wow, that's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, some Marvel movie news. We're going to start with Fox. Of course, Logan is coming out March 3rd, two weeks. Very excited. Couldn't be more. Geek For that and uh, uh, early spoiler-free reviews. Have started to hit the internet. I skimmed a few. I didn't want to ruin it, but dude, they're all positive. They are all saying really good things, and uh, I, I can't. I can't wait. I haven't seen anything bad about this movie. Have you guys seen any of these reviews yet? I am not reading the reviews, but I'm staying away too. But uh, going off of the Wolverine, yes, from Mangold, yes. Mangled. The Mangled. Mangled. The, the Mangled. Mangled and the Wolverine. It's like his name was Goldman, but they he just wanted to switch it the other way. Uh, they got to Ellis Island. They switched. Yeah. We got too many Goldmans. You are now Goldmans. You're now Mangled. You are now Mangles. Okay, let him in. All right. So uh, his the last movie he did, Wolverine, was actually decent until the end. So. Right. The first two thirds are really good. This movie. I mean, even the end is okay. If you put it all in context, it's fine. But, but you could see so, it was kind of taken away from the Mangold at the end, and he kind of caved to, like, oh, put this giant samurai, make it a comic book movie, you know, from the studio-ish, probably. Yeah, it didn't really fit that whole big cyborg shit. No, it didn't. But yeah. But uh, you know what? I think he's got talent, this director, so hopefully he's going to pull it off, and I know that Jackman's going to give it his all, and we're going to be introduced to an, the ex- it's 23. I heard, I mean, yeah, I heard everything like the girl is great. Just positive, positive things, uh, a different tone, you know, kind of like this is a Western movie. You know, uh, it's like whenever you have like a little girl that like, like in kick ass that can just fucking wreak havoc. It's great. Yeah. How can you not like that? And apparently she is like incredible in this movie. So, man, do yourself uh, a favor. Yeah. Stop reading reviews. No, I read I skimmed one. I just I see the headlines and I'm st- I can't read it anymore. I just I read one from Den of Geek and I was like, oh, man, this sounds amazing. Now, I will add uh, uh, share this one piece of news about Logan and possibly there may be an added. They have added a secret post credit scene. So James Mangold, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds in December shot down a rumor that Deadpool would have a cameo in Logan, maybe in a post credit scene. But on Friday, Alamo's draft house, Mike Sampson, revealed Fox had updated the film's runtime. So the cut released next month in theaters will be three minutes longer than the on-screen earlier this week for critics. Oh, shit. So the movies the critics just saw and reviewed, they added three minutes to the movie. 
Marvel's done that too. That's yes. not a surprise. Yeah, so there was no post-credit scene in the critics' version. So this was at 135 minutes. They moved it up to 140 uh, point three four minutes, which uh, th- I mean, I, I I would love this to for be a scene where this is where he's passing it on. Uh, it could be uh, giving X twenty three. You know, she's older. She's the new Wolverine. This has to be the passing the torch scene or set up what's next. Uh, I, I I'm really in. Why are you speculating that when you just said that Ryan Reynolds was on set? So could it still be the Deadpool scene? That's I mean that's just what it, you kind of hinted at with Ryan Reynolds. I would say that maybe it's the Ryan Reynolds thing, which I would be inclined to think it was Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yeah, man. Why would they, why would all that stuff come out? I, well, I guess I didn't want it to be the Ryan Reynolds thing because I don't, I don't necessarily want it to be the Ryan Reynolds thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't, that's interesting. Cause like to put Deadpool in this movie, like uh, the tone is so different, but yeah, I'm just, it would be weird, but I don't, I don't have, I don't have as much of a problem with it if it's a post cred scene, but it still would be kind of weird, especially if the tone is the same as what we've seen on uh, in the trailers. Well, they need to do that and they need to set up the next Wolverine. I mean, maybe it would be like the fucking X-23 stin in there and Deadpool pops on there like, dude, you're a crazy bitch. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that, that would be fun. Uh, yeah. So stick around. For a post-credit scene, of course, now they're taking a, a page from the Marvel, the Foxes. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about real quick is, uh, you know, Joss Whedon did Avengers 1 and 2. He has, really hasn't done a lot uh, with the MCU lately, but he's officially come out and said, uh, I am done with the MCU. He's made a complete clean break. So I just wanted us to uh, discuss his, his contributions and what he actually did uh, by giving us that first Avengers movie. And uh, what do you guys think was his, uh, the biggest thing Joss Whedon added to the Avengers? Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, the first Avengers movie, you'd already said it, that that movie looking prior, I mean, now in hindsight, like it's, oh my God, that was a no brainer, a fucking Avengers movie. But to actually pull that off and give each character some equal, mostly equal, mostly equal time, except Hawkeye. Sorry, Hawkeye. Um <laughs> I mean that was huge. That movie, that movie was the culmination of like a lot of fucking comic book fans' wet dreams. Like that was it. Yeah, he pulled in his charm. He pulled of it off. Like dialogue. Now and- everyone's like thinks it's a given that you can just make these superhero team ups and they're going to be awesome. But there, it wasn't when that when that movie came Think out. Think about how that. Yeah, he set the template for superhero team movies. You know, for the the foreseeable future. And uh, it's awesome. And he also mentions like you know he was he's been frank with his issues with Avengers: Age of Ultron. He butted heads. Clearly, I'll tell you one more thing. Yeah, the 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 one shot when they are finally fucking when it's it's the camera doesn't cut and it's the, the whole that's team the money shot up. That's yeah. the money shot. That's and he fucking nailed that. Yeah, Rugs. So. Well, what do you like about the Whedon? Oh, I love Joss Whedon even before he did uh, anything from Marvel. You know, I used to love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I liked Firefly. I liked Serenity. So I like his movies and. All of those movies have that one thing. It's it's an ensemble movie. It's it, it was ensemble shows. It's not just the one one lead actor that's so important. Everybody ha- plays their part, and that's what he did with Avengers. He made everybody part of a machine. Everybody was important, you know. And um, he was able to handle like these big personalities that were different, and you know, make it fun, but still have a little bit of a um, of drama and seriousness involved, and. He set the Marvel tone. Yeah. Like, you know, we had the Spider-Man movies out before the Avengers. We had Iron Man. 
um, you know, which was, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Favreau. Favreau, who directed it, and he did a really good job with that. And I think Whedon just took that kind of feel and then kind of spread it out to all these other heroes. And they were able to carry that on to their own movies mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I mean, he, like, yeah, that's the driving force between, like, the whole phase one, phase two what he's left us, uh, the framework is amazing. A perfect guy to do it. So, like, Avengers begot Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that was like the, the the natural progression. Another team movie that has a great team dynamic, and uh, that wouldn't have happened without Avengers. I don't think. And you can also somewhat give credit to Josh Sweden for now. Maybe this will fail for other studios, but you can kind of credit him for all these other studios wanting to do the shared universe thing. Yeah, because if Avengers fails, none of this is happening. There's no DCU. There's no fucking uh, King Kong crossing over Godzilla or the old Universal monsters. None of this is happening. He started an amazing chain of events, a great shared universe. Uh, you know, Joss Whedon's contributions were so awesome. And like that, they've handed it off. And another good transition from creator to the Russo brothers who are, are kicking ass with, uh, you know, Winter Soldier and uh, Civil and Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. Speaking of which, have you guys seen uh, this fucking production day one Avengers Infinity War video? This was the most geek boner, the most geek boner thing I've seen from Marvel in terms of these behind. It's a trailer for uh, them starting production. There's so much good shit in here. Uh, listener, I'm sure you've seen it. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, but it's you know it starts out showing the infinity stones and the ones that we know and uh, you see the little bit of an alien set uh, you see Tony Stark Tom Holland Robert Downey Jr Tom Holland Chris Pratt just standing around oh my god I love so many things about this Rugs what do you think about this video oh I didn't watch it you didn't watch it <laughs> you dumb That's shit awesome. it's really good Anthony uh, I watch it now. Uh, you know, he just he's spoiled with with this. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean it's it's a, it's a hype video, and seeing them three together is it's is gets you a fucking jack about it. And then later on, uh, what's his face? Uh, Kevin what's Feige. What's, Kevin Feige then confirmed he's like, yes, the Guardians will meet the Avengers, and there's a shot of, yes. uh, of uh, production art with Rocket Raccoon and Thor together. Yeah, so, there's a bunch yeah, of it's cool. cool. It's very exciting. And you got the Russo brothers talking about Thanos and Thanos. his role. And he's like, this is going to be mind blowing. We've never done anything like this. It's the biggest thing. Oh, uh, it is. It is a great, it's a great video. And it, uh, day one on the set, they're all there. It's fucking badass. Guardians will beat the Avengers. So also it came out. I got an article from cinema blend talking about Thanos's main goal in infinity war. And it's kind of noteworthy in terms of the comic book. The Infinity War. Uh, so the, uh, what's his name? Stephen McFeely, one of the writers of Infinity War. He elaborated on Thanos Endgame. He Is said. Stephen McFeely? Oh, yes. And then Christopher Marcus. Christopher right. Marcus. Marcus and McFeely. The team of Marcus and McFeely. McFeely said. Thanos' goal is to rebalance the universe as he sees it. So when he figures out that the Infinity Stones could do this for him in the snap of a finger, that becomes his main goal. So that snap of his finger line is important because in the comic books, there's a famous scene with Thanos with the gauntlet on his hand is up and he snaps his finger. And in that moment, he literally kills half of the population of the universe, wipes them from existence with the infinity gauntlet. 
Whoa. If this is where the end of Avengers Four is going, uh, this could be this could well, be, it'd be Avengers Three or, or Avengers Three heading into Four. This could be the wave between Phase Three and Phase Four. They could recast a lot of people who are maybe four? reaching the end of their contract. What do you think? Well, he snaps his fingers, and then but then War Adam Warlock comes around and kind of resets everything. Ah, we can also we could meet the Adam Warlock in the Guardians in in, in one of these movies. There's also a great scene in that when in the Infinity War book where he Thanos has basically destroyed everybody and it's Cap. Yeah. Like comes up to him and is like, as long as one person keeps standing up against you or something along those yeah. lines, you'll never win. That's funny. Uh, Greg Shegal had mentioned that same moment in our last episode. Yeah, he did. He it, did bring that up. Yeah, he totally brought up that same exact moment. So, I, I mean, I like the I think the stakes for what the, what's going to happen at the end of this movie. But I think, like, you could, uh, you know, if you, Tony, if uh, Downey's uh, con, uh, contract's over, if you want to introduce, like, more of the new, the new younger characters from the books in, this is a way to do that, <laughs> I guess. It's possible. It's risky. But, I mean, there's... They're going to, regardless, I mean, this movie's probably going to make a shit ton of money. Probably might be good. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, This is a huge undertaking with all these characters. But regardless of any of that, they're going to want to continue making these movies. Oh, absolutely. Where are they going to go, though, after this Thanos thing? Where where can they go that's going to be as big? I think you got to start smaller again. Go back. Ah, go back go to back. yeah, maybe yeah, and, and then build up to something else bigger. Like starts with small characters again. Well, you know what's great? They also in that production video they do talk about where you know where the team is now. You know, there's no there's no Avengers. Everyone is separate. It's all kind of broken apart. Uh, so to see that rebuild, you, you see awesome. you see they're plotting and they're yeah. like, we well, what's the best way to bring in this big bad villain? Bring them in when they're they're all fucking. Uh, not together anymore. Yep, and that's so gonna. Great. And that's why we made Civil War. I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. You see, they're planning, and they're uh, and they're. It's so good because then now you just bring a big unifying force. Everyone gets together. Ah, oh, it's gonna be so good. Okay, let's move on to some other uh, franchisee genre movies. Uh, also, speaking of post credit scenes, Kong Skull Island will have a post credit scene. We don't know what it is, uh, but. Kelvin Chavez of Splash Report said there's a little something that fans may not know about yet. He tweeted, Kong fans, make sure your butts stay out of your seats for an awesome, awesome after credit scene from Kong Skull Island. It will not disappoint. Uh, there, again, every movie's got to take a nod for Marvel. Look, this, and maybe this is a thing. You think Joss Whedon started this too? The post-credit scene? Was no. this his contribution? Iron Man. John uh, Favreau. Oh, if, uh, that's Fury. right. It couldn't even, it, it might have even been like Kevin Feige's idea you know, maybe from the beginning to run it through. Uh, but I, I've seen more commercials. Have you seen some of the newer commercials where there's way, hyped, man. way more action of the monsters fighting? Holy shit, it looks amazing. Oh, yeah, there's that one scene where I wish I didn't see it. I'm I know, so mad I know. I saw it where he comes out, he comes at the dude with a rock. Yeah, yeah. And I clocks him in the face. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have never have seen this these until com- I saw the movie. I know. These commercials are giving away a lot. And I'm trying Ruining to. Avoid, I saw to that scene, them. too, and I immediately thought of when Godzilla sneaks up on uh, the Muto and yeah. just blows breath down his face. And then I thought of cinema sins and how how the fuck are these monsters sneaking up on anybody? <laughs> but it was a great scene. Uh, one thing that's kind of bothering me yeah. about about this crossover is that they list God's, or King Kong as 100 feet tall in this movie. Yeah. But Godzilla in Godzilla was 300 feet yes. tall. Yes. 
So is he going to grow 200 feet in 20 years or 30 years? He's going to punch Godzilla in the ball. He's just or a yeah, ball punch. Or that's the other thing. Bite over the shins. Low blowing Godzilla. Maybe that'll be explained in the post credit scene. Well, they I say that so. he's they say that he's young in this movie. Ah, okay. He's still got room to grow, and it's the seventies, so 70s. you got okay. you got like you know some twenty years of growth to happen. Speaking of God, so. Godzilla, uh, the we have a look at uh, Toho's design. No, it's not. No, it's this debunked. is debunked. So I put this in for you, Godzilla fans. Is this question mark Toho's next Godzilla design? There's some art that uh, was rumored to be from the forthcoming animated Godzilla. That's going to come out from Toho. Uh, they, we don't know anything about the story, but it was announced that it will be the first anime feature film starring the big Godzilla, simply titled Godzilla. So uh, this it's uh, is this an old image? What is this? Rex? No, I, people were talking in, in the Godzilla community about it, and I think it's been debunked. Well, do you, uh, I'm pretty did, sure it's been debunked. Describe this picture. Do you like it? I oh, did I see it? Is yeah. it the one where Godzilla's got veins coming yes. out? Yes, he's kind of like yeah. see through, and there's long yeah, scaly not, things in the back. I mean, it's cool and everything, but I I wouldn't go that route. But I mean, it's it's different. But um, I like it better than Shinin. <laughs> it's more beautiful to look at. It's more awe inspiring. But um, let me give you a little inside info. The Polygon Pictures, yeah, is an animation company, and they mostly do this animation that is actually three D animation disguised as two D. It's the cell shaded, cell shaded, yeah, 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 yeah. So they did a uh, anything if, on Netflix. You can get it is um. Uh, Sidonia, uh, the uh, Knights of Sidonia, or whatever the th- that's their it's cell shaded animation, and they've done something called Agent, which is also cell shaded animation. Okay, so Godzilla's going not is going to be cell shaded. He's going to be a three D Godzilla, but it's going to be cell shaded. So it's going to be very interesting looking. It's yeah. going to probably have as much kind of weight and and ferocity as uh the on-screen, the movie ones of the actual live action ones that we do in CG. So it's, it's, it's going to be comparable. Yeah. Just kidding. There's an update to the story and it says they have, uh, they, there's indeed independent fan art from a fan. It's, it's a cool piece of art though. I do like this illustration. It's weird. He's like see-through and there's like a glowing thing in his, uh, I don't like it. You don't like it. I think he looks like he has a giant Christmas trees on his back. He, that, the tree, yeah, the sca- the scaling on his back are back, huge. Yeah, uh, do you is this? Do you like the Shin Godzilla better, Anthony, than this this version? No, I, I don't like either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually like Rug Boy. I kind of like this one better than Shin, which tells you what I think about Shin. Yikes! Movie. Yeah. All right, but um, just, yeah. Another thing that I wanted, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. You guys started started talking. Um, that happens, Imran. It happens. Yeah, okay. Imran can't talk or can't not be silent. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that uh, this movie is probably going to be in a different timeline as well because all the artwork that we've seen is like a post-apocalyptic world or a far in the future or another planet. It's like not current times because they're in spaceships. There's people mm-hmm. in like um, space suits and stuff like that. So we don't really know. There's like overgrown jungles. There's no signs of any buildings or anything like that. So it's going to be a completely different kind of Godzilla movie than we used to see. That's cool. I like it. It's, it's setting itself apart from even the Shin Godzilla. It already sounds a little more interesting. More things happening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, it's animated, so you can just get fucking crazier. Uh, the, I wanted to share uh, this next thing was pretty cool. If you are, we have a lot of listeners that are our creators, that are writers, that are comic book artists. Uh, if you want to learn storytelling from the masters, 
being Pixar Animation Studios, you can now take an online course for free from Pixar from uh, for storytelling. They've launched the first of six free online lessons covering the art of storytelling led by Pete Doctor, Mark Andrews, and other filmmakers. Uh, I think this is amazing. It's it's online from Khan Academy, and what an incredible resource to like get it straight from Pixar, and uh, and and they're not charging for it. It's it's great. It's pretty cool, right? Art of storytelling. So all you independent creators, learn the Pixar storytelling. They obviously know what they're doing. Yes, they do. And then finally, in comic books, we all know Ruggs is a huge Dan Slott fan. Lame. Number one fan. Number one fan, Dan Slott. Uh, and look, even I've started to agree that, uh, you know, this grown-up Peter who is running a, a, a corporation and has learned several languages and he's got all these tech devices and it's kind of like Batman meets Tony Stark meets Peter Parker. I miss the old Peter Parker. Well, we talked about this a little bit last episode, but here's the full release from cosmic book news. Marvel comics is relaunching spectacular Spider-Man and taking the character back to how comic fans know Peter Parker best. I returned to the wall crawlers early down on his luck days. And even using the old school title, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man It's going to be written by Chip Zdarsky and drawn by Adam Kubert. That's a phenomenal team. Whoa. Phenomenal team. It will kick off with free comic book day story before officially launching in June. This is what Zdarsky had to say about what he wants to do. The main book, Amazing Spider-Man, has kept things fresh by stretching the character and his situation. It's still classic Spider-Man at its core, but transposed into new settings. With this book, we're using the same Spider-Man in continuity, but shifting the spotlight back to his New York City environment and supporting cast. But even though we're pushing it to make it more personal book, we're still going to have to have big adventures with ramifications that'll be felt in his other books. If I had a true mission statement for the title, though, it would be have fun, have heart, have stakes. My personal mission statement going into the book is with great power comes something, something. I don't know. I've never had power before. Uh, he says he's uh, misunderstood and underestimated either as Pete or Spider-Man. He's the mascot for New York City. And like a sports mascot, that means he's beloved by children and endured by adults. He's the only street-level superhero who could beat a Herald of Galactus in a fight. He feels things stronger than any other hero and covers that up with jokes. He's Spider-Man. I love everything he said about this series. And bring him back, Peter. Ruggs, does this make you a little more excited? Would you pick this up? I don't know. I mean... I'm curious about it. Uh, it doesn't really sound. They didn't really say that they were going to keep Spider-Man the number one priority, though. They 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 made it seem like, uh, oh, we're still going to go on gr- big crazy adventures. So if, if they're going to keep diluting the Spider-Man brand by making every Tom, Dick, and Harry a Spider-Man, then I'm not interested. Uh, Marvel's not going to kill off all those characters or make them all go away until they're all like gone, and Spider-Man's the only one that. Or, or one of the only maybe like a four or five maximum yeah. spider people or spider like people, then I'm never really going to go back to it. I think they've, they've, they've poisoned the water for me. Listen, amazing. Dan Slott has Spider-Man all over the world in outer space in uh, just craziness. I like that. He said, we're going back to his New York city roots. Anthony, do, do you like this? Uh, the direction of this book? I don't care. Well, um, <laughs> I really, I doesn't have no, care for this whatsoever i linked something though that you guys should look yeah. at the marvel generations thing that they're coming out with this summer take a look at that it's drawn by alex ross the image wow that's a great image. i think it's really cool i don't know if the storyline is going to be at all um 
worth reading, but just that image alone, I mean, that's that's awesome. Basically, the image is all the old Marvel characters and then their new uh, version of themselves um, with them. Wow, it just uh, says Generation is coming summer 2017, and there's Alex like Ross n- art. no other information, but this uh, illustration is gorgeous. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And you got- what, they, what they pointed out was all the new versions of these characters. Yeah. So- it, they've got on there. I think that's Phoenix on the left, right? And then uh, you got Jean Grey behind. Three female yeah. Thor, Falcon yeah. Thor, uh, Falcon Captain America, Nova, Miss Captain Marvel, Marvel, Kamala Khan, Girl Hawkeye. Who I don't know right? who that is. Riri Bishop. Williams. Yeah. All right. Miles, Miles Morales. Morales, and then Amadeus Cho. No white male. Oh no yeah, that's great. Male. The new, the new, uh, the new generation is very diverse. Diverse. And, and then right behind Alex Ross is painted all the classic Class- versions of the same characters. Garb. In their classic costumes. Uh, this is a really beautiful illustration. I'll put this in the show notes. Uh, this is interesting. So they're, you know, they finished up Civil War 2 finally. And it kind of was like, it was the ending was like, okay, because the problem was we already knew that Tony Stark was going to get taken out because they delayed the book so long. The new title started with a different uh, Iron Man. And so when you get to the point where, Captain Marvel almost kills Tony Stark at the end. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's, it's, it's all right. It's anticlimactic. And then they're doing like a secret empire thing where like Cap yeah, is Hydro There's, there's now. like three crossover events before yeah. this. So there's like yeah. secret empire, yeah. X-Men versus unhuman. So there's a lot of stuff oh, yeah, that's going to that go too. on. Yeah. But I know we were hating on, you know, Marvel not being creative and making their own new characters, but this legacy thing kind of is cool. They're doing uh, it. I'll, so, I'll, give, yeah. I'll give them a little credit that, at least with Alex Ross drawing. Maybe it's just because Alex Ross drew a beautiful image for this, but yeah. I think it looks kind of cool. The, look, we always talk about how, you know, and DC's of, always had the legacy thing going. Yeah, they have the legacy thing. This is a great way. I, I like this diversity strategy. We kind of harped on them and be like, oh, they just keep, you know, they're forcing it down our throats. But look, they have their legacy characters who, like we said, they happen to be white because they were created by white guys in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s. This new generation, like you said, there's not a white dude among them. That's really cool. It's really exciting. And the one picture says it all right there. Like the whole past and the future of Marvel. It's it's gorgeous. They're, and then, they, yeah, they're launching X-Men Blue and Gold. I'm, uh, I can't wait for Generations. I would actually check this out. I would just, I mean, the poster. This is yeah. great. And I'm excited for Spider-Man coming back to the streets. All right. Well, that's back to the streets. Back to the streets with you, Spidey. We're taking it to the streets. That's like <laughs> a bad uh, like third movie in like a Fast and Furious. Gentlemen. This is Democracy Manifest. That's right. Right in the streets, people. Start the oh, I, think, I think that was like the tagline for like the sixth Leprechaun movie. Taking it to the streets. <laughs> that's right. Was that the hip hop one? There was one where, yeah, he was in the streets. He starts break dancing. Oh, that's a great. That's the best one. That's the best Leprechaun movie ever. All right. That's it for the new segment, everybody. I'm going to play some promos of some fun podcast, independent podcast. Support the independent creator. No, fuck those guys. Okay. Or fuck them. Listen, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Make it go in one ear, out the other. <laughs> Do I pee at this point now? After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, my name is Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not the animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think that animal is on a scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except... 
Not at all like that, really, in any way. We're on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, and we're at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. In an age of steam and gears, of monstrous machines and greedy corporations, in a world of automatons and dirigibles and faster than sound sky trains, in a time out of time where the Americas weathered multiple civil wars, where armies continue to watch from the brink of the next conflict. It is a reality where witches and ghouls live among thinking machines and walking machines that resemble humans. It's a role-playing game. It's a dramatic radio adventure. It's a comedy. It's the Steamrollers Adventure Podcast, available on iTunes or at rigstories.com. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Listener, if you like what you hear, we've made you chuckle. You want to hear some more? There's more geeky audio to be had over at our fan club. Just join our fan club at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And for a low monthly donation, a dollar a month gets you access to a private RSS feed that you have a, the exclusive Jock and Nerd bonus audio podcast. There's like seven, eight hours a bonus shit. There's post show from our Greg Shegel conversation uh, where we geeked out about Saturday Night Live. He's a big comedy nerd, and we talked about uh, SNL sketches. It was lots of fun. Yep. Good times. Good times. Check out the, the bonus stuff is awesome. The, Check it out. The bonus shit sometimes is funnier than what's on the show. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. Sometimes yeah, it so. just happens. Jockadir.com slash Patreon. Help us out. Help us help you stay geeky. Uh, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead, so I got to do this. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Walking Dead finally back uh, for the first half, or second half of season seven. Back half of season seven. Now, this episode was called, uh, it's episode nine, The Rock and the Road. But quickly to recap, the first half, uh, boy, was it kind of laborious and hard to get through. Uh, quick review on the first half, guys, right? We were not happy. First, first half of this season, yeah, yeah, not happy overall. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a chore. It was a chore. We stayed in one place for long times. Everyone was split up. The story barely seemed to move along. Now this episode, ah, oh shit, quite an improvement. I gotta say, quite an improvement in terms improvement. Of, yes, improvement. <laughs> what did I say? Unprovement? I don't know. You were like quite improvement. Quite improvement. It's improvement. So obvi. Improve no, I loved. I thought from the pacing to the action scene to the characters uh, to the, the some of the decisions back to old school Walking Dead that we loved because the group is back together. We got to see multiple locations. They were at the hilltop. They were at the kingdom. They were at Alexandria, and then a highway location with an incredible goddamn action scene. 
Uh, what do you guys think overall? Do you, uh, do you agree? Is this is is this where we wanted it coming back? I have to agree with you for the most part. I, I couldn't put my finger on what I liked about this episode, but I think it's the fact that we saw multiple locations and that they were moving yes. a little bit. Yes. They just kind of kept it moving. So I like that, and I like that we're not under this cloud of negativity. Like, there's hope. So I like that. The only thing I have to point out, and I, I didn't notice this until after. Actually, I noticed it during the episode, and then reading a review, I was like, that's that was kind of weird. Is What's his face? Daryl had some awful fucking lines. Like when he goes to the the guy at the hilltop, he's like, "You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth," and the, and the guy wasn't speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He was like, what? he was totally being a pussy the entire time. What are you talking about? And then like when he goes, "That's not you. Don't look like a king or whatever. You're not acting like a king. Actually, he is acting like a king because he's trying to protect his people." So that's a good Daryl point. had some awful lines, but other than that, I enjoyed the. Episode. And then they left him there, so it was a weird uh, Daryl episode. It was yeah. like they were like they were like. Daryl, we got to give Daryl some tough guy lines. Yeah. Let's have him say some tough shit. Except it doesn't make any sense. Just throw this in. Yeah. I felt that that whole Ezekiel scene was just so weird. It was so like, I was was like squirming a little bit. Like, "Eh, I'm uneasy about this. Are you talking about like that? They just accept that he's acting like a king. Yeah. Or this, it was just weird. Whenever you put like, like Andrew Lincoln or any of those guys, like in with with that guy, it just seems like okay. When's this guy gonna fucking drop the act and like <laughs> give us his real voice? I love, I love, I love Ezekiel. I love his over the top uh, lines and dialogue. And I I'm love how run and just I enjoy the uh, it's fun the comedy aspect yeah. of it. He's like, I will give my decree in the morn. Ah, Rick Grimes of Alexandria, welcome. Yeah. What can it's I do for like- you? It's kind of like if Rick Rhyme showed up and, and, and like they talked to a rug boy. <laughs> like, all right, uh, there's a puppet there. Uh, but I love the look on their face. Look, here's the thing. Look at it from their point of view. They, they're like, okay, this thing is called the kingdom. We're going to see the king. And, of course, they're skeptical. But then there's a fucking tiger right there. I think that distracts you enough to be like, oh, shit, this guy ain't fucking around. And uh, I love the job that he's doing. It was great. And how well, then great you got is his like jester the next Jerry. Door. Jerry is the best. I love Jerry so much. He's so funny. I want more Jerry. Well, I don't even notice Jerry. So that was that. That was that. But uh, we got to see everyone, though. Like uh, we saw a little bit of Carol and Morgan, I thought was interesting in the, in the sense that he was kind of all in. He killed a dude. But even wait, what that line he said that when Ezekiel was like asking everybody's advice and his guard the the main guard is like we should do this this is great and he's like morgan what say you and morgan's like yeah maybe we should capture him maybe we should i think that may be what actually happens is they're they're gonna end up capturing negan and not I kill him morgan had the most logical line he kind of did they still don't have enough people yes everyone so they go to gregory and he's uh gregory's hilarious because he's like all right ricky i got nothing why don't you walk out the back make sure nobody sees you this guy's such a dick he's doing such a great job uh and then ezekiel in the morning he's like yeah you know what Uh, i'm not helping out either sorry and they're like fuck it we'll do it ourselves uh and that brings us to that fucking highway scene probably one of the greatest tense like walking dead zombie massacre scenes i've seen on the show in a long time, I loved everything about the fucking rope slicing in half and the whole thing of them getting the dynamite. It was very tense. It was very like 70s thriller type of fucking action. It was great. And Rosita was very bouncy in that episode. Rosita's looking pretty good in this episode, I got to say. I'll say that 
I liked the scene for different reasons. I didn't think it was all that tense. I actually thought it was kind of goofy with how fast the walkers suddenly came up. Well, that was weird. Like, they were yeah. like about a, at least a mile away. And then the next and then shot, they showed up right there. Like nowhere. <laughs> but I did. I liked it because it was so fucking goofy with the with the wires happening to be strung across two cars and them just mowing them down like that. I thought that I thought it was just so goofy and out there that I was like, okay, this is I was like, entertaining. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was like, fuck yeah. Something new at least. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's something you hadn't seen before. And the- I was more enjoying the, the kind of the cheese ball aspect of this episode. Yeah, there was some there was some definitely cheese ball stuff. But it was it, it it worked. It was like refreshing in a weird way because everything had been so like torture porny. Yeah. When when the last like, you know, half of the season is so serious and mm-hmm. steeped in just like moving at a snail's pace. Like anything is better by proxy. Like anything is going anything that contrasts that is going to be way more enjoyable to watch than guys just sitting there crying and, and not knowing what to do. I'm like, Absolutely God, right. you, you fucking pussy, Rick. Get your shit together. But I did watch it with my roommates, and my roommate at one point had to say, like, when Rick gets out of the car, is surrounded by all those fucking zombies, and just pushes them all off and gets into the other car, my roommate goes, no fucking way. <laughs> no fucking way. That guy doesn't get bit. Lame. That was a, a little bit weird uh, editing and uh, setup. Uh, yeah, like he's in the other car way across. I was like, he's sur- surrounded. Yeah. So surrounded with no fucking weapon. Apparently like that scene, they kind of made up uh, that day. It wasn't in the script. Like the Greg Nicotero had talked about it, how they just, they were like, you know what? Let's just drive this rope into. And then they did all these. It was on Talking Dead. They'd done all these animatics and storyboards. And kind of came up with this whole thing um, that wasn't in the script. But remember when the zombie? Well, go ahead. No, it was just that part was weird. After the fact, I was like, "Yeah, that was a little weird." He would have been done right there. Remember when the zombies were like super strong too? Like in the in the second season. Remember what's that guy with the 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 floppy hat that died? Uh, floppy hat guy. Oh, uh, Dale. Dale. Yeah. Remember, he doesn't even get bit. He's on the ground and the st- zombie rips open his stomach with his bare hands. They used to rip open your stomach. Right. They used to be able to like just rip older, you open. But they're older, more decayed. Maybe these are more decayed. Well, they had, uh, but they had like they would just dig their nails in you and rip yeah. you open. Like and now they, now Rick's pushing off hordes of zombies with no weapons. It was a little convenient to get them all back together. I mean, yeah. I'm willing to accept it just because I know that they haven't been consistent at all with how the zombie strength or what they the zombies are like at all. They could have just shot it yeah. differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it was it was a little weird way they shot it, but then I love the the little dynamite uh, punchline where uh, Rosita knows her dynamite. She's like, I don't like that one, and then the fucking thing goes off and blows him up. That was awesome. Uh, what do we think about Gabriel? What's his deal? In the beginning, you see him take all their shit, their food and their knives, and drive away, and then you see a shadow in the back uh, come up. There's someone in the car. Do you think? Is this a strategy or is this a coward move? What is he doing? I don't know exactly. Oh, that, no theories? No. I, I feel like that uh, whoever's the person is from the uh, other camp, the, the one with all the girls that followed uh, what's her name back. Well, that's at the very end, they get surrounded by this new group who have weapons. And I don't think that's Oceanside because there's dudes there. Oceanside has. And there was definitely dudes there, but there was a lot of chicks there. There was a lot of chicks there, and there was dudes. So I was like, is this Oceanside? And I think this was the girl that was watching Gabriel like at, was, in the yeah. first half. It's yeah. weird. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. 
I, I, the only thing I can think of is it being a bargaining chip to get these people on his side. It's all to bring them all this food and weapons, but who knows? Uh, he, they also, you There's know, something going on at obviously. the very end, he smiles and I, well, I yeah. feel like it's Gabriel's there and he's with these people and he's kind of like, uh, recruited them for this war against Negan. Well, which I love the story he told the rock in the road and how, you know, this is their strategy to deal with Negan. Like why? And, it, and it's, it's great. It makes perfect sense. Why leave this annoying thing there? And there's probably a reward for taking it out. Let's yeah. take him out. But I don't think Negan's going to die anytime soon. Although they could just do fucking swerve and kill him. No, they're not going to kill him. I don't they're going to have him as a prisoner, just like in the comic books. Yeah, so we didn't see any saviors or any Negan in this episode, which is fine because he wanted to see the group. I like seeing the group back together. I think Negan is more of an ominous figure when, when he's not there. Uh, yeah, I no, I agree. Just like when you talk about him and the idea of him, uh, so I like I like the aspect of him just being on the walk. Like you hear him on the walkie talkie. Yeah, yeah. Like, Get those fucking bastards! Oh yeah, we did hear him. He was giving a speech about. Uh, well, yeah. then he was like, yeah, he was talking. He was like giving a eulogy for the fat guy that died, and then he was like, Joe was great. That was great. He was yeah. like, did Daryl crawl back to his hole? Go check on him. Oh, good. So smart move by Rick to leave uh, Daryl at the kingdom because they show up, and that's when they find out, hey, where the fuck did all our food go? <laughs> when Where's Gabriel? What's going on here? And uh, chase him. But that guy, Simon, he's a great dick. Big smile. You know why that guy's a great dick? Yeah. He's just doing an impression of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. He's like, he's like <laughs> he Negan Light. He was the guy he's really in, just doing the same shit. He's the guy who was in uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? Was he? I think he's in GTA. Yeah. Know. So look, a war is coming. Question is, how soon are we going to get to this war? Are they going to Are they going to string us along for a couple of filler episodes? Uh, is here's what you got to do, yeah. which I I'm skeptical they'll do. The typical Walking Dead is they'll do a fucking decompression episode where you, you like you hang out with like Carol for like, yeah, cause we didn't episode. really see a lot of what she was doing, but what they should do is they should just fucking pick up where they left off yeah. and have Rick like negotiate his way out of this situation and con- convert this crew over to his side and start building his fucking army. I, cause that's I, what everyone wants to see. I hope that that's where it starts. Oh yeah. I bet the next episode will not start. You think, you don't think it's going to start where this one ended. That's how they jerk us around. They like should. Yeah. I, I think they will, but I wouldn't be very. I wouldn't be surprised if we fucking get another decompression episode and we're hanging out with Enid or some shit. <laughs> yeah, they can't do that anymore. They gotta <laughs> that, that shit out. They, like, they really can't do that. We got we got a flashback episode with fucking Enid. Like, oh my god, it's gonna be. I would Enid's blow my or, brains out. Enid's origin like story. You don't want to see that? That's fine. No, out what she no, had I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it or like a Gabriel origin. No, I don't want to see this. Well, that's, you know what? I, I think your Carol thing is probably right because we didn't, we haven't been shown what, ex- she was just like in the woods and uh, what she's she, living at that house. And yeah, she's in that house out, outdoors. Kingdom. Yeah. We don't need to know that. Or, no. or if you're going to do that, splice it in the middle of a, like an episode that shit's going on. You don't need to do the whole. Keep it moving. Thing. I love seeing all the different places, following the group to these different locations and uh, give us a little walking dead action. But somehow they're going to look. I love that the, the people came to them after like at the hilltop after they talked to Gregory. They're like, we want to fight. And then, you know, he's got Daryl and the, 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 the guard in the kingdom. They can convince them. Uh, it's, I can't wait to see how there's a bunch of groups. Yeah. You got this new group 
if if they're not the Oceanside people, there's a new group. Yeah, then you I don't know Oceanside, who this is. Yeah. Then you got the Kingdom. Then you got the Hilltop. And then you got Alexandria. That, that's a lot of people. And the Kingdom has weapons, right? They got guns and shit. That's what they yeah, need. They do. They're, and they're training. And they're training. Yeah. Yeah, those are some cool scenes of showing uh, more of the kingdom with all the, the, you know, they're growing food and they're training their kids and their adults and archery. Uh, it's kind of fun. Rick should just challenge Ezekiel to trial by combat and take <laughs> over the kingdom. No, no, Maggie needs to just fucking kill Gregory and take over the hilltop. He's yeah, that too. fucking well, useless. Happening. Yeah. But I love, I love Ezekiel. I love, I love Ezekiel and the tiger. I don't care. It's over the top. It's wacky. But it kind of works because now that we know that he's doing a voice that, you know, I love that we got his origin story kind of right away. Yeah. Well, at least we're in on the joke. Yeah. Somewhat. It would be, you know, it'd be, it'd be like Rug Boy talking to that guy that we had from the Wally Wood episode. Like, oh, J.D. Spurlock and Rug Boy yeah, interview. Like that, oh, no. like, that, like that wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, no. That shit wouldn't work. <laughs> it's two opposite things. So good. Good. Coming back. Uh, Walking Dead. Keep it up. Uh. And uh, uh, I just I just don't want another cliffhanger like last season at the end of the season where like the war is just about to start. And that's like, that's it. They don't even get to the good stuff. If they do that, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> this show might not be reviewed anymore. For the me. most. Uh, yeah. The most very not decompressed. Good you know what you got to do? Yeah. They got to They got to have the war happen way earlier than the last. Like the war has got to start pretty soon. There are they like there's no like the momentum's already there for a war right now. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they can't have it. They can't it have it string it out till the it, end. This needs to be an action show now. Like yeah. they've, they've strung us along for seasons and seasons of talking and, and moping about. Now you got a real legitimate bad guy with a legitimate army of people. And this thing could go on for, for days and weeks or whatever. And uh, there's mul- there's multiple attacks that could be made, multiple plans and things like that. Alliances. There's a lot of shit going on here. And if for they for them to sideline it for like a uh, decompressed episode on Enid, like Anthony said, <laughs> would fucking make me so pissed. And I'm like, it would turn me off of the show, yeah. right there. Yeah, they did this one. They did a good job at uh, kind of giving you what you wanted after the first half. But man, they I don't know if they're over their shenanigans. Just look at their track record. They don't care. They will still fucking troll you. They'll milk it. They will milk it. But a lot of great things set up. A lot of potential, like you guys said. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Anybody? It's a good setup episode. Let's see how far they fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Inevitably, uh, we're going to get a slow decompressed. Here's what Eden had for lunch the day the zombie outbreak happened. It'll just be her growing strawberries. (laughs) Or like, and then finally the strawberry will be ripe enough to eat, and then Negan will come and step on. <laughs> Negan comes well, and cuts, and the you'll skin. learn that her name backwards is Dine, and that's why she's just so obsessed with food. <laughs> well, there's still other. Uh, she's the caregiver of the community. She just oh makes God. sure everyone dines. Yeah, I like the I like the uh, the king reading Martin Luther King's speech. I thought that was interesting. It was like a bedtime story. Did you know that? Sasha is going to be the new uh, Star Trek captain. Oh, she, in the new series, right? She she yeah. got cast as the captain of the show. Is she going to have to go or what? I'm just, I'm just saying it's food for thought. Yeah. And, you know, we, Does she want to be on Walking Dead or she want to be the, the, new, the new captain? 
you know, and there's still, you know, those rumors of uh, Chandler Riggs, like he's getting old. Like what, what, what is our, his plans going to be? What does Kirkman have in store for something he didn't really, you know, in the book, you could keep him a kid and it works. Do you make him the next Rick Grimes because he's growing old so quickly? Or do you just kill him off and move on? I don't know. You just write him as a. Why do you have to kill him off? Why do him getting old? What what does that mean? No, there was that whole thing about him going to college. He wanted to, uh, he enrolled, and uh, all these rumors went flying back and forth. He hates babies. He hates babies. <laughs> he does. He hates acting with babies. That was the big. That was the big headline in uh, Bleeding Cool. Stupid Judith. Well, the baby's not a baby. She's like a toddler now. Judith's growing up. Just swap out the baby, I guess. Everyone grows exponentially, even though the the timeline of the story doesn't grow at all. Oh, yeah, Carl, Carl's like fifteen years old, <laughs> but the story's only about you. And Jesus way. is gay. Yeah, that's another thing. I just is it in the show. Yeah, he was. He was talking to this uh, that dude, right? No, that was a uh, curly haired guy. That was white guy, white guy with kinky hair. No, I think Robert Kirkman himself said it. Oh, oh really? Yeah. yeah. It was on some. I read it somewhere. Look it up, dude. <laughs> Google it. Good for him. <laughs> I want to see more with G. I think Jesus could be a much more interesting character. Yeah, Jesus. The, Jesus is a great character. He's I'm cut. saying he could be better. Yeah. I don't think they've actually utilized him all that well. It is interesting how he's like, just doesn't want to step up and take over for Gregory and kind of stays that he's like, I just want to be moving. I want to be out there. I can't stay one place. All right. All right. Good stuff. Uh, let's uh, hope it leads to an all out war. Walking dead. Give it to us. Uh, that's all we got guys. Uh, just want to say subscribe to the jock and nerd podcast. Visit jock slash review. It'll take you to our iTunes page. Click that subscribe button. It helps us. Get more exposure. It helps us expose ourselves to, to iTunes. So then see our big uh, junk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get our junk on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, Rugs, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. So drop me a line, motherfuckers. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for listening. We're going to go out and enjoy this scary warm day in February. This is not right. <laughs> And try to see I'm gonna enjoy the nuclear summer. I'm about to enjoy the nuclear winter that we are living through. Uh, this has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. You forget what you're gonna say there. <laughs> Tell a friend, spread <laughs> the show. I don't know what's going on. Peace out. We'll hear you next time. Wait, I forgot if I was the jock or the nerd. Is that what happened? <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm distracted by the bright uh, weather, the nice weather outside. The bright weather. The bright weather. All right, let me ask you a question. I'll figure out if you're the jock or the nerd. <laughs> okay. Do you have abs? Uh, technically, we all, everyone has ab no, muscles. Okay, so you're the nerd. Okay, I'm the nerd. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for oh, thanks for clearing that up. I blanked for a Thank second. You. You're welcome. Which one am I? Oh, fuck. Ha, 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 ha.